Welcome to Soundings Podcast. I'm Dudley Evanson, and for more than four decades, my husband Dean Evanson and I have created music and media that supports people and the planet. In our Soundings Podcast, we'll be sharing interviews with wisdom keepers we have met in the course of our life journey. To learn more about our activities and releases, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. In this series, you will be hearing interviews with the sound healing pioneers who are featured on our Sonic Healing Meet the Masters video course. Dr. Joan Borisenko is a best-selling author, pioneer in integrative medicine, and world-renowned expert in the mind-body connection. Her work is foundational in the international healthcare revolution that recognizes the role of meaning and the spiritual dimensions as an integral part of healing. She co-founded the Harvard Mind-Body Clinic with Dr. Herbert Benson. She's a licensed psychologist and former instructor at Harvard Medical School and has spent years in clinical research. Joan is author of numerous books, audio, and video programs. Enjoy. I'm Dr. Joan Borisenko, and I'm a medical scientist and a psychologist. And in addition to that, I'm the author of about 13 or 14 books, and I'm the director of the Claritas Institute for Interspiritual Inquiry. My interest is spirituality, health, healing, and the world's great wisdom traditions. What really supports healing is coming into the present moment, letting go of the past and letting go of the future other than the planning that we have to do for it, which means showing up here and now. When that happens and you turn off the discourse and the stuff that's always going on in the mind, then the body elicits what Dr. Herbert Benson, who for many years was a person that I did research with, it elicits what Benson calls the relaxation response. And the body naturally goes into a state that's antagonistic to stress and that the cardiovascular system is in balance, the blood pressure goes down, the heart rate goes down, the immune system recovers, you sleep better. So if you think about what turns the mind off, I would say that other than focused sorts of meditation, what tends to work best for people are two things. One is nature, because nature meditates you. It takes you out of yourself, turns off what's going on in the mind. But the other thing that works really well for most people is music, that you absorb yourself in the music, not just listening as a background, but listening like a meditation. And what happens for people is exquisite emotions get triggered. They become present in their body and everything shifts. So it's a wonderful way to relax, which is much more than just relaxation. It's a whole healing kind of cascade that goes on. Most of the research on the relaxation response has involved meditation, either concentration meditation or mindfulness meditation. And what we know, for example, from recent research at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, this is research of Richard Davidson on long-term meditators, is that it actually changes the happiness set point, and it activates a place in the left frontal lobe of the brain. 
So meditation actually changes the, what we call neuronal plasticity, the way that the brain is actually wired. And I think that music, although I don't know if anyone's done any research on this, but I think that music does something that's very specific. I hope that Davidson and some of these other labs will do research on music because they study people who have thousands and thousands of hours of meditation under their belts, Tibetan Buddhists, nuns, but anyone can listen to music. That's what's so wonderful about it. You don't have to be a master of the practice. You just have to be willing. If you think about sacred music, in every tradition there is some kind of sacred music, some kind of chanting, and that's a gateway that brings people into an altered state. And that's where I think meditation and music overlap because that altered state that happens when your mind is not busy thinking things up, but you're present or you're in a reverie. These are different states, but both altered states, something very special happens. So, for example, if you are Catholic and you hear chanting in Latin, that is a doorway. If you, for example, go to a Benedictine monastery and you hear the monks or nuns sing the divine offices, it's not just the language, but it's the cadence, it's the chant, definitely a doorway to the sacred. This world parts, the discursive thinking goes away, and you're in a totally different place. It's the same with chanting in Sanskrit or chanting in Hebrew or Aramaic. There's some kind of special vibration, I think, to these ancient languages. So there's something about not only sound, but the, the type of sound, the language itself, that seems to stop the discursive thought and get you out of your head, get you into this moment, and open up a doorway into a spiritual reality where people feel peaceful, they feel connected to some larger source, they feel a sense of awe, a sense of gratitude. That's how we all like to feel because it makes us feel so fully alive and so connected somehow to something mysterious and something wonderful. Chanting in English doesn't do it so much. But chanting in Hebrew, in Aramaic, in Sanskrit, in Latin, in Pali, in any of the sacred languages really does seem to open that doorway. You know, as a, as a Jew, I chant to myself first thing when I get up in the morning, either out loud or usually actually silently, the same prayer that Jesus would have chanted. Uh, I sometimes say to my audiences, who are largely Christian, because it's a Christian country, what do you think Jesus did when he got up in the morning? And, of course, people don't generally know, but what he did was to face east and face the rising sun and simply to chant in Hebrew, Modani lifonecha melechai vichayom shechazar tabi nishmoti 
וחמלה רבה אמונותיך. Now that's been chanted for 6,000 years. And here's where I have to depart from being a scientist and simply rely on what groups of people will tell me. And that is somehow that vibrates inside of people, that ancient language, uh, in a way that is awakening. When that's chanted, a room of a thousand people will get absolutely silent. Some kind of doorway is opened. And so in my own mind, the way I think about that is that has a vibration which is connected first to the intention. And the intention of that chant is a thank you. It translates, thank you for returning my soul to my body again today for another day of life. So there's this tremendous intention of gratitude. And then you think about how many untold millions of people have chanted those words for 6,000 years. And then I think of the British biologist Rupert Sheldrake and his morphogenetic field. And that there must indeed be a field created by that particular chant that people can hook into. But there's obviously something there. There's people who hear it for the first time drop into this space that I can only call a spiritual space of connection with something larger. And that is a tremendous power of sound and of melody. If you look at most ancient texts from various traditions, they have musical notations next to them. So the Torah, for example, the Torah is not meant to be read. It's meant to be chanted. And it's there's something in the melody itself in combination with the sound of the words that would be what we might think of as a mantra. There's something there beyond the words, the meaning of the words itself. There's something vibratory. And I think it's quite extraordinary. As a scientist, as I said, I can't really explain it other than saying it stops thought may bring you into the relaxation response physiologically. But as a human being, I know that it's there because I can observe it. I think everybody has had moments when they felt like you're in the zone. You just can do no wrong. Whatever you're doing, whether it is talking to a child or making love or doing a report on your computer, it just flows out of you like water running down a hill. And what puts us in a zone like that is, of course, pretty fascinating to look at. But one of the things that puts people in the zone is music. When people say, ah, particularly instrumental music, so that they're not thinking about it, uh, not thinking about the words, but the music simply creates a, I call music a universal solvent. And it, it dissolves all kinds of things. It dissolves differences among people, and it dissolves the thoughts within our own mind so that a deeper wisdom uh, that emerges in the moment can really come through. I wrote a book called Inner Peace for Busy People, 
all kinds of ways to calm down in this stressful world and also to really center in your own inner authority so that the things outside of you don't pull you out of your own sense of your peaceful core. And as I was writing that book, Don Campbell, who is a very good friend of mine, said, one of the things that really centers people is music. Let's do a CD of Inner Peace for Busy People. And he said, we'll each choose some of the pieces of music that really center us, that really bring us home to ourselves, that really put us in the zone. And my favorite piece of music actually is uh, called The Lark Ascending. It's a tone poem by Rafe Vaughn Williams. And it has such an essence to it of freedom, of something deep inside rising up and touching the sky. And that's what inspiration is. And that's one of the amazing things about music is that it creates mood, it creates memory, Therefore, it's affecting the limbic system of our brain, where mood and memory are really located. And so I think sometimes a depressed person who listens to an inspiring piece of music, we're looking for a way to change the limbic system of depressed people. It's a great way to do it. We are a stressed and a noisy world. You can hardly hear yourself thinking. People are overwhelmed with email, with information, there's not a moment to let go and be still and come back to it, that natural sense of harmony that we have when we're not being pulled in a thousand different directions. What stress is really is being pulled in different directions. You think about the stress of a rubber band and the fact that it wants to snap back. And what we know about stress is that 70 to 90 percent of visits to family practice physicians are due to stress. And also, if you have an illness, no matter what it is, it's made worse by stress. So the removal of stress is very important. And not only does it cause physical discomfort, but mental discomfort. Nobody likes the feeling of stress. Makes you anxious, depressed, hostile. That in turn affects your immune system. It affects your heart. And I would say that one of the best ways to relieve stress is through music. In fact, there was a study that looked at that worldwide. What is the relaxation tool, the stress reduction tool that most people use? Regardless of culture, music was the number one stress reduction tool. When you think about stress, it's a sense of disharmony. It's really like you can't find your own song. You can't find the chord that you are. You can't find the way that you fit into the landscape. In stress, these are all metaphors, but you can't feel anymore the connection between earth and sky and how it all flows through you. And what music really does is to restore the sense of harmony. And I love the work of Therese Schroeder-Schieker, and she uses prescriptive music. She's done a, a number of studies with people who are hospitalized, people who are in pain, finding that particular kinds of music with, for example, plain chant, 
will help a dying person to release themselves from the body. Whereas music that has rhythm tends to keep people in their body. And yet other kinds of music will help to relieve pain. And she has very good data on those things. And I think this is a field that's going to develop prescriptive music. What is the harmony that we are? And if we listen to music, can it help us tune again into our own harmony and help to create that field that we're naturally part of? Thank you for listening to our Soundings podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this program. To learn more about our music, guided meditations, and videos, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. Peace through music blessings.